Welcome to the DigiTune Podcast. It's an Ilium Sphere special. We're talking to the man himself about his brand new album, Ghosts of Then and Now. We're talking about the recording of the album. We're talking about Manchester, his illustrious DJ career. Talking about important records that fed into the process and music that's influenced him over the years. So we're here with Ryan Hunt, also known as Ilum Sphere. We're going to be getting into a uh, discussion about the album. Why don't you uh, talk a little bit about the process of recording the album and the sorts of things you were trying to accomplish with this highly anticipated first record? It was, it was just, it was, you know, it was just one of them, like, I'm glad I waited a while before doing an album because you do only get that one chance to do the first one. Yeah. Um, and I didn't. I never really felt I was ready to do an album. For, for, I don't know why. If, if you know, people do them all the time. People can churn out albums effortlessly, like actually effortlessly. But for some reason, it was just this m- real mental barrier for me. And um, I did often wonder whether I would ever get it done at some points, you know. And uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 really weird because I've had a bit of time to process it now since it's been done because it has been done for quite a while I mean it's like I think August or something so it's the longest I've spent with definitely a you know a catalogue of music that large without it being released so it's then it kind of shifts from being never being able to get it done to then you finish it and then you have this really weird thing of it being like having to kind of constantly tell yourself or remind yourself that people are going to actually hear it as a new piece of music because we've been mm. you know we've all kind of been back and forth about it and people have heard it in various stages of you know progress or what have you we've got a Jimmy Hendrix track with you today one of your five records do you want to have a brief chat about that? yeah there was quite a few that I was I could have picked the one that I've decided to pick was All Along the Watchtower which obviously isn't the most obscure I remember it sounding really weird and learning a lot of, like reading a lot about how Electric Lady Lamb was made and and then realising it was a cover I, I thought originally when I was like 12 years old that the Hendrix version was the, the one it was one of the first times I got a real sense of experimentation you know learning that he did the slide solo with a, with a lighter and just the, the way there's a lot of panning and pretty amazing techniques in there. Could have been any one from that album, but I think that's one that everyone will enjoy listening to, maybe. There must be some kind of way out of here Say the joker to the thief There's too much confusion I can't get no relief Businessman there to drink my wine Come and dig my earth. None will level 
can you pinpoint the time when you developed what seems to me to be a thirst for a, a variety of music that can't be satisfied as all sort of great selectors and, and DJs have? I started working in a second hand shop called Vox Pop, which is quite a, a legendary Manchester haunt. And um, I was the youngest one there by a good like 10 years, so I think I was 20 years old or something, or 19 when I started working there. And it was run by two brothers who were in their 40s, and another guy called Andy Maddow, who was who had been um, like a really legendary modern soul boogie guy in Manchester and you know would kind of you know he makes with Roy Ayers and stuff like that you know that kind of thing and um, and they were just into it was a second hand shop and they were just into so much stuff that it was just all day every day you were experiencing something new and it wasn't um, it was never really there was never really an agenda to kind of like right I'm going to I'm going to learn all I can out of this place it was just you were just exposed to that much stuff that it was impossible to not find something that you were into, you know. So that was when I really started getting that sense of how much stuff, um, more of that sense of like really underground older records, you know, and stuff that like the the concept of really rare records or really limited stuff or, um, you know, private presses, all this kind of thing that, you know, when now you kind of take for granted in a time but you know obviously there's a time when you have no idea how that whole concept of the music works you know and that was definitely when it really started going into overdrive those 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 few years that I was there um, were were pretty amazing it was a really amazing shop and uh, you know everyone thinks of it really fondly um, it's still kind of operating but very much just like online from you know more of a kind of discogs thing now um so, so the, the sort of musical horizons were broadened there yeah i mean just experiencing stuff like uh like a lot of psych and kraut stuff and um a lot a lot of reggae a lot of dub a lot of soul and disco and funk and like rare soul and funk you know like a lot of like 500 pound 45s and, and stuff like that that was their kind of speciality but as well as that you would always get people who were playing in Manchester would come by they would always go to Vox Pop as well you know because it was on it was on Oldham Street which is where Piccadilly Records is Vinyl Exchange is Eastern Block used to be and Fat City used to be so you'd have those shops and Vox Pop and then Vinyl Revival around the corner beating rhythm but on the uh, road parallel to that which now moved further up that same street so it was just I think someone called it like some Manchester uh, organisation or something coined it like Vinyl Valley or something like that at one point which obviously you know has a ring to it and there's a, there's a record from from this this period which engenders those sorts of memories and uh, was, a, was yeah. an important part of your musical development right this was this was like one of the first times I remember buying a record off off the sleeve um it's a great sleeve, isn't it? Yeah. He's yeah. If you, it's, it's the track's "Quite Fire" by Roy Haynes. It's something that I still play very regularly at Hoya. It's really weird. The first time I played it at Hoya was, it we all kind of looked at each other and were like, "Really?" You know, it was like someone had just dropped the hottest new track or something. You know, uh, like a real buzz track. But yeah, if it, in the sleeve notes it says that 
Roy Haynes was once awarded Esquire's Best Dressed Man in America award whilst on the front of the cover wearing probably the worst trousers I've ever seen. <laughs> it looks like someone's quilted them together. You know, it, it does look like proper patchwork. So, yeah. It's certainly the case now that if you go and uh, check an Illumsphere uh, DJ set, you're going to hear uh, you're going to hear a lot of different types of music. Um, one of the many things that um, that we were attracted to in you, of course. Do you want to talk a bit about that eclecticism in DJing and general broadening of musical horizons? Um, well, I have no interest in ticking boxes, if that makes sense. Like I don't really. And there was, you know, looking back now again you know i feel quite a similar way about certain dj sets than i that i do about music stuff but it was like it was never really like oh my god why have i played that it was just like oh my god i, I played that that's quite funny really you know because i really like that 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 tune but in between certain things you know there was a there was a point when it kind of i don't know i remember kind of like post box pop it was like it was that real collect you know, I'd really search for records I hadn't heard of just to listen to them. And if I liked them, I bought them. Some were quite expensive and some weren't so expensive. That wasn't really the priority. It was just like, I wanted to constantly hear stuff that I'd never heard before. And then I I would start going to nights like Eyes Down, which was John Kay and Kelvin Brown and DRS. And they used to have a residency at Balance at Plastic People. I think they were the only people to actually have a Balance residency other than Ade. Um, and... Um, that was another thing. It was all like a really natural progression. It was like coming from that, being in that environment of 
constant kind of like questing for certain records or whatever without sounding too cheesy. And then marrying that with seeing those records work in, a, in an environment like a, like the Roadhouse, which is where we do Hoya and it's where Ice Down was. And honestly, one of the best nights I've ever had in my life was watching, uh, I think Kelvin was ill one day, so John played all night on his own in the Roadhouse and it was just like unbelievable. Like four hours, four and a half hours and every single minute of it was completely mind-blowing. Do you want to talk about one of your five records that might be sort of relevant to this period? I think probably Theo Parrish Lights Down Low fits in pretty well here because it was the first time I heard it was at Eyes Down. So I think it came out originally in 2001 and it was just like, what? It, real, like, what is this thing, you know? Um, and it was at a time when I think I might have been it was a couple of years after it came out so I think I was probably 21 it was I don't know it seemed to have all these like just these really alien sounding elements in it you know for us what was essentially a house record that then like got me really looking back into kind of like more stuff from Detroit um Moody Man stuff this was at a time when Moody Man would play Eyes Down behind the sheet still you know sat on a stool with like a pint of Hennessy you know, so just being a total badass. So um, it was still quite, um, felt really raw, you know, a lot of that stuff. Which obviously those people, those artists have become a lot more established now and they you know, what have you. But then it still felt really like you knew you were onto something, even though they were really big then still. You were on, it felt like you were onto something that no one really knew about. I remember the day that I found out that, you know, these guys were from Detroit and that, that was also the same place that like Motown was. And then just doing the, it really reminded me of Manchester, you know, and I speak to a lot of people, a lot of the older heads, and they were, they would kind of confirm that there was, it's historically always been this really good relationship between a lot of Detroit artists and Manchester, dating back to the 70s, I suppose. And um, it was true, like, you know, people like Theo and, 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 and Kenny would play in Manchester and go home. Um, another track that's kind of relevant to that was learning about Detroit stuff and then discovering Drexia for the first time and then discovering that all the various aliases of Drexia and um, people who totally mastered their, their craft, as it were, and, and whose approach was not compromising in any way. I'm going to go for... Uh, a track off the Translucent album called Unordinary Realities.
I'd started DJing uh, and uh, you know a couple of years before this now and I'd had you know I've been buying lots of records and I saw Domu play at Eyes Down and again it was just like seeing these people all the time and just being like totally mind blown Dom is someone I think is really sorely missed actually in music there's probably a few people who really like influenced how I DJ and probably Scruff was, was the main one because we, we would go to his nights quite a lot and you know he played for so long and so you'd obviously hear like loads of different stuff and then John K definitely Domu definitely and Dom had that real almost like turntablist element but he wasn't cutting stuff up and like scratching but just cutting records in from like a hip hop record into like something like Tyrone Washington submission which has become like a really big Hoya tune um, things like that and and but then seeing Theo do something kind of similar but more nodding towards that house world and just really subconsciously like you know joining the dots between it all I was surrounded by people who were doing that all the time so it was just like that was how it kind of turned out and the, the, the really funny thing as well was someone like Johnny who uh, I set up Hoya with took a very different path in the same city and has a very different outlook on it you know but yet we're still in the same kind of click you weren't making music at this at this point how did that start was it was it again was that was that that was just natural progression didn't really properly start making music electronically till about 2006 I mean I had I messed about with some stuff that with a friend of mine who had like loads of gear and stuff but never ever with any real thought to like yeah this is what I'm going to do kind of thing. and um, and I was and I'd started making stuff on my own and uh, about 2005 2006 and then um, it was the Dabry album 23 was the one that really was just like well it was the album that made me want to make music in a certain way and uh, you know, I bought it and listened to it on repeat for weeks on record. And then I think I bought it on CD as well because I couldn't be bothered getting up all the time to turn it over. And um, just the whole thing about it was just... It's a feeling that I've never got from any other record. It's really weird. And I think it was mainly because it was such a leap from anything I'd ever heard before. Bearing in mind this was at a time where I, had, I was like kind of hearing stuff that was new to me all the time with techniques that I just had never really heard and just the whole thing about it was insane. I, re- I really wish I could kind of just for a bit like go back and listen to that record for the first time again, you know what I mean? And I think it would be a really good, it'd be a really nice little tool to have. But just the whole, yeah, the whole thing about it was like, it just, it was the first time that I'd really got this like, imagery in my head based on what it was I remember it it was really strange I just I remember hearing um, like the first track uh, with Wildchild and just the whole intro and how it eventually kind of fades in and then it drops with Wildchild's vocal and then it has these bits that come in just like randomly and there's like a delay on the snare for like the end of the second bit and all this stuff and it was just like that felt really effortless because it just it it was these really intricate techniques that never once messed with the rhythm or flow of it. And it felt just totally natural. And it felt like it was live, you know, it felt like it's just real improvised. And then I think the second track was uh, Air with Doom on. And I remember just, just it just sounded, I don't know, it just sounded like this really industrial, bleak, you know, black and white 
thing throughout the whole album. And there's some stuff on there that, that I don't, yeah, the whole record, I think, in fact, is, is just had more of an impact on how I make like my process of making stuff was more so than anything. Serpent in the rainbow hurts when it rains though. That's not the worst, but most still flirt with the wild angel. You come to a point where safety is still inevitable. I speak when not spoken to just to show the records a cool feeling when they spin it. Effort is innovative. Take kids to the beginning and show them the eyes native. Got more in plan for them because the streets are hard. Like the rhyme flows, the show's catching beats off guard. Who's the one to reach those that's hard headed to the bone? This music ain't fun no more, still the raw, still the bone. We'll creep the world atlas. Show them a rap. Was meant to be in every joint Point out them fake ass actors This movement is unavoidable Heavily exploitable Luckily Pure soul is portable So with the skill and game involved Cause the world revolves yeah, come on, It's your will I'm aiming for All them kids that went in front of night And walk with hustle Block to block Caught up still wanna knock each hustle To all my peeps in the streets Waving a chance This is for you Cause now we taking a stand The one you build with Each and every way The one you feel the real with Every day will make you say I speak for those Who could never ever say so who's the man to make you wanna stand? Wanna stand? Clash of the Titans when the murderers stalk. Every word out his mouth was never confirmed, so he started to shout. Have you ever heard of a wall? Right up on the stage, even the dark was even afraid. Somehow, even then, symbolically rocked to the rhythm yeah. that God had given with them odd and even flows with no beat. Try to complete, give him something hard to believe in. Privilege denied. He tried to outshadow defeat, but couldn't survive. Yeah. Or even out battle the beat, but outside of the streets, yeah. we take it to the night before, just in case the cats might record. The camera angle was even dope. He got strangled with the mic record, despite this. Photo can't afford to strike the Lord. The mic caught stick his throat and my sight was raw. The quote you said was wild child's nobody might explore. The shit that set the party off and ignite the floor. Till I will die, bring on the beat and say, Yes, y'all. For them kids that went in front of night and walk with muscle. Block to block, caught up, still wanna knock each hustle. To all my peeps in the streets waving a chance. This is for you, cause now we taking a stand. The one you build with each and every way. The one you feel the real with every day will make you say. I speak for those who could never ever say. So who's the man to make you wanna stand? With my new shit, watch your old Official Ox Detroit collab. Wild child. Stop on the boards. About to make a stand. He can turn his hand to so much stuff. And the the level that he operates at is just I think he's one of a very select few, rare few as well in electronic music that you can't really touch, you know. And I'd, I'd include someone like Actress in that as well, I think, you know, I just think that they, you kind of see them, you don't see them like clockwork every now and then, you know, they don't tick the boxes of like, yeah, record coming out now, it's going to smash it kind of thing. They just, they go away for a bit and they come back and they just nudge the bar up a bit. You know, and it's that's where I want to go. That's that's kind of what I would love to eventually get to that level of just yeah. I don't know. It's almost just like pure mastery.
what extent did the Hoyer activities, you know, both the record releases, but also the sort of business of running a night and being a DJ and booking people and trying to make a success of it all, to what extent did that help or hinder the process of you trying to step out of that and just deliver a kind of, you know, pure artistic vision for your album? In terms of having an influence or, you know, hindering me creatively or stuff like that, not really. It was just more of a case of actually being able to turn off from everything else for three weeks and sit down and make music. But I, saying that, I don't really work that way anyway. I don't, I can't just be like, right, studio day today or something. Love Themes, one you you identified a few times as being uh, the closest thing to a sort of proper distillation of what the album's about, what you're about at the moment. I always had a pretty pretty good feeling about that one, about the track. Couldn't really finish it though. And um, Bonnie's amazing. Yes, Shadowbox, which did Embryonic first and then The Road. And uh, I just got to the point where I thought, well, what do you think of this? Maybe something a bit more abstract or just harmonies initially, we thought. And then she, as she did with the other two, she did her thing, sent it back. It was like, that's exactly like, yeah. I've got a real soft spot for that track. I don't know why. Uh, probably more so than any of the rest of them on there. To me, I think it f- felt maybe more unique than any of the other ones with Bonnie's vocals it turns into something quite beautiful at the end of it mainly because of what she did and that was the, like the real decision there to kind of change the ending and have her vocals standing alone you know everything else fades out just let her vocals just be the last thing you hear on that record Don't need to, don't need to, don't need to. 
balancing tracks like that, the other vocal tracks with the sort of more dance floor facing, not that there's anything that's sort of orthodox club music. Um, there's certainly tunes that will be, be played in clubs and obviously that's a massive part of what you're about. But I don't tend to play too much of my own music out. Uh, no, put it this way, there's other people's music I'd rather play out. There you go, that's, that's the... Maybe near the end. I, I, in fact, I did play near the end out. In, uh, I think I just had the album mask and I played it at Dimensions, which was quite fun. On that one, I wanted to kind of get that, you know, the second half of a really long disco record, you know, where it kind of breaks down and then it starts all from like, it's just kind of turns into more of a jam. Vocals are done. You know, the vocals might come back in again for like the last minute or so. Stuff like um, Tana Gardner, When You Touch Me, stuff like that, you know. I wanted to kind of try and get that feel in there do you know what I mean and it made sense for me to kind of put it near the end of the record which is this it, it was the working title near the end because I knew that's where it was going to go and I had this little chart that I'd drawn on my wall with like where stuff was going to go like the track listing it's my flatmate's dad on keys Jeremy Jeremy Platt from Home Firth and uh, I sent him a, an Airtoke Moreira track as like a reference it was I think it was Samba de Flora kind of like, I kind of want this kind of thing you know not this but this is that kind of feel and he just sent loads of takes back I think he did it in his lunch break I just had all these tracks back in my inbox and it just, yeah perfect again <laughs> Is that all right? Can we wrap it? I think we should get everyone in. Let's have a QA. Yeah, I want to Okay, big shout to Ilim Sphere there. Words and music. Uh, definitely check out the album when you get a chance. Ghost of Then and Now. Time for some new music from Ninja Tune and uh, family members. First up, the man drew 40DL, a new A-side from his 10-inch, it's Danger.
was Danger by Faulty DL. You can pick that one up now on Ninja Tune. That's on a limited edition uh, yellow 10-inch at the minute, so make sure you cop one of those when you can um, in the traditional early 90s Ninja Tune throwback style. Next up, new Big Dad signing Young Fathers, their current single, Get Up. Come in, do the right thing. Fumbling through the ether, take a ride in the quilla. Cost you 30 liras, push your dealer, hits the meter. A shrewd operator in the shadow of a beacon. Have a dirty weekend, interesting proposition. Insinuate and listen. What a way to make a living. Scissors to the ribbon, throw my hands like a reverend. Triple sixes, double sevens. When I get down to this, cut catalyst. Cut. For a revolution. That was Young Fathers, their new one, Big Dada. That's their single, Get Up. Uh, you'll have seen a lot of hype in the press and on radio. It's one of the strongest debut albums Big Dada's ever put out, so make sure you cop it when you can. Next up, it's the current single from Run The Jewels, track entitled Pew, Pew, Pew. You're looking at the guy who the guy that you think that I got my style from, got his own style from. What's up? I came with a side wink and a shit grin with a pimp lip and a foul I'm a Brooklyn son, sit adrift in the chemtrail sky Bad guys not when the doors are locked I got no shots left, better prep for God I'm not wrong to be talking the same shit I am just impossible Got a right to be hostile, motherfucker life is a coffin Laying down in the main awesome Every single moment you spend in the dirt is the worst time than the last moment Own it, we all know you don't know shit No shit, me and Mike are straight right, you're open And the old bit goes like this, he a lot of punk bitch Real fuck boy typing in, but won't shit about soft his mama's on teeth And sensitive ass his old lady click Real bust down bitch, she fuck my clique Obscene, absurd with the words, I clean up curves with the blood and the bones of your nerves. I kill with the mic and murder with words. I'm known on the corners of murders occur. I cruise in the vert where murderers lurk. When God in the building, who they gon' hurt? Not a butterfly, buddy, be bird being hurt. Got a third rock for the sun, claim for the turf. Never learn how to love getting brain to the burn. Never hurts for the worst of the heart. I'm start with a curse and a heart that I hurt till it's dirt. Let that folk him turn and twist him. If they all let him are when miss him. I pray death come quick and kiss him. If he need help, I assist him. Follow all my tips is hollow. I could kill your ass today, but right now I'm playing Grand Theft Auto. Right shit, I'm gon' come through your hood and just shoot your ass tomorrow. Brain next gathered over the hood of my old lady's brand new auto. Man, knew I should've kept it G and drove my Monte Carlo. It go like this, it's shaking piss. I shoot your ass again tomorrow. Bang! That was Pew 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 from Run The Jewels. Next up, it's a track from uh, Actress's gargantuan album, Getterville, is out now. We're going to play rap. Thank you. 
That was wrap off the current actress album Ghettoville. That's out now on Work This Ninja Tune. That was the Ninja Tune podcast, the Ilum Sphere special. Thanks very much for locking in. Until next time.